Cassian gets into trouble on Morlano 1. Imperial police investigate a murder. Ferrix gets caught in the crossfire and more as the Sky Guys are back to recap the premiere of Andor. We are back here on the Sky Guys, recapping the premiere of Andor. All three episodes dropped on Disney Plus yesterday. All your hearts, Mike Phillips. We're going to break it all down. First up, the man whose voice you hear the narration every single week, Pete Cosdory. Pete, welcome to live action show number three of the Sky Guys. Yeah, live action show number three. We are back doing the weekly recordings again. So I feel like we're going to get back into uh, uh, what's it called a good rhythm here. Um, but yeah, excited to talk about this show. It's a, it's a breath of fresh air in some ways. So um, I'm really uh, excited to dive in here. Absolutely. Also with us today, the uh, I'm going to call him the shop runner of this podcast. Nick Fred is here. Nick, how are you? Doing great. Very excited to come on and talk some Blade Runner. I mean, Star Wars with you guys. <laughs> um, it didn't seem like Star Wars, but it was. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it did not seem like a lot of Star, like a true Star Wars that we've gotten here, but I definitely enjoyed this, Pete. I feel like we got like a little bit of different flavor. We got a chance to sort of slow down, ma- marinate these characters. You don't usually get to do on these shows. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I um, I think this is going to be interesting considering this is the first live action show we're doing full season where it's twelve episodes instead of six, um, or five, whatever, whatever it is, six, six or eight. Uh, so. I'm interested to see, you know, we got our first quarter, right? If I'm doing the math right there um, of this, of the series, we are going until late November here. Um, Not to say a whole bunch happened in three episodes, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see what else they do with nine more. Yeah, we'll see for sure here. And for everybody who's joining us for the first time, welcome to the sky guys, me, uh, Pete, Nick, and sometimes some guests come on every week. We recap the episodes like beat by beat, beat by beat. Sometimes this shows a little different where we're kind of, you know, a little more vibes get big plot points here. We also, you know, cover the MVPs and the LPs of the episode. We keep track of things. We grade the episodes, all sorts of fun stuff here. If you want to come along for the ride with us, feel free to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Google play, tune in, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, all these little suspects. You follow me from just on the suffering podcast. It's going to be your feed a couple of days after you record, but the Sky Guys feed, Pete, it'll be out the day after you record. So you want to be on the Sky Guys podcast. You want to get that immediate access. Yeah, make sure you subscribe if you're new. Um, subscribe. You get the uh, the benefits of getting the show uh, pretty much instantaneous after you record. Um, but if, if you're not new to the show and you haven't subscribed yet, I just what are you doing, right? Just get on the get on the feed, get subscribed. We say it every week. Absolutely here. And Nick, if you want to follow us on the Instagram, how they do that. At Sky Guys Podcast, and if you haven't subscribed yet, it's a it's a click away. Get literally one click away your Instagram. You search for Sky Guys Podcast; it's right there. There's some fun memes up there already. That's right. More to come. More to come. You can also follow us on YouTube. Mike Phillips on YouTube for the video version of this conversation. I don't have any Andor props yet, people. They are. I'm still following what I want to do for this. I'm sure Lego is going to do a brickhead on about Andor or something like that. There's going to be something, but uh, yeah, maybe by the end of the end of the year. Uh, we'll we'll have some Andor props into the seasons. If not, it, they'll make an appearance at some point. I know there's a Ferrex set. At, I think it's out already. I think that's the only one I've seen so far. Yeah. So I mean, maybe maybe they're gonna they're gonna announce more as as the show goes on. Um, but yeah, I mean, props will come. I'm sure merchandising deals will come. So, um, that's that's uh, it's all well and good, right? It's all great stuff for Disney. 
absolutely here. And usually it's the part of the podcast where you do Star Wars news, where we sort of, you know, go over all the big news. But so we got a three episode premiere of Andor here and that there was so much news from D23 and casting and whatnot. Nick and I decided to do everybody a favor here. We're going to not make us a two-hour podcast your feed. We record a separate episode on the news that is going to be coming in the podcast feed on Monday of the Sky Guys. Not on Justin and Suffering. Only Sky Guys for that one. And Nick, if people are so in rhythm with, you know, having the news first, they can always just pause this, wait till Monday, play the news, then come back to us if they want. Sure, absolutely. You can. We, I, I can go over the quick headlines if you want right now, and then we can ask Pete his opinion on them. Or Yeah, I think let's just let, let's, let's let Pete weigh in. Pete knows the news, so, like... I also get the okay. people reason tweeted that pie they haven't got it yet. Pete, of all the stuff we've talked about in our chat off the air, what's your big headline so far in the news the last few weeks? There was there was two that really caught my eye. Um, the first thing was they're already talking about Andor season two, and that was prior to even premiering season one, which I thought was a bit ambitious. Um, not to say that it's not good to have a plan or to tell people, hey, they're coming back for a season two, but we didn't even get the premiere of season one. We don't know how well received it's going to be. First three episodes are promising, but I was just very, I thought it was very ambitious to them be like, Hey, here's, here's Andor season two. Um, the other thing that I thought that was wild was we get the casting of Ezra Bridger in Ahsoka, which kind of cleans up a lot of questions of if Ezra is going to be in it. Right. I mean, we've been talking about Ahsoka being a continuation of rebels. And that was the only timeline that we could think that would make the most sense well, they've gone ahead and confirmed it, but also have shown us who's going to be playing. And I and I don't know the actor's name off the top of my head, so I apologize. Uh, uh, it's Amadis uh, Fondi. So, yeah. So it, it makes me wonder what are they leaving to be a wow factor, right? Yeah. Speculation is if there's Ezra, there's got to be Thrawn. I hope we don't get any Thrawn news because I feel like if they give away too much in the beginning, there's not going to be much wow factor or much more to the show. I don't know if it's going to be a 12-episode first season, a six-episode first season. I'm sure that was announced or maybe speculated on that I don't have the information on me. Um, but, yeah, those are the two big things for me. Uh, and or season two, and then also just kind of giving away Ezra Bridger will be in Ahsoka. Yeah, we talk about both those things on that podcast. And, Nick, on Monday, people want to listen to it for about a half hour of us breaking down the news. So if you're miss missing your news fix, it's coming soon. Yeah, and it's funny that, Pete, exactly what you said is what we had said yesterday. Like, I made the exact same point. Or that when we recorded the, the exact, we made the exact same point that you made, which is interesting. Yeah. About Thrawn. Yeah. Well, we'll leave that for that podcast. Let's get some general thoughts here on Andor, the premiere here. And I'll start throw the top here. I feel like, obviously, I think they made the correct call putting three episodes out at once. I feel like if you just got one and two as the original plan, you have a left a little one thing. I think having that complete storyline sort of wants you to see the Vicus's necessary character work. I feel like, Nick, we would have been underwhelmed if like we just got the first two episodes. Like, wait, that's it. Definitely, especially if we just got one, or you know that was never the plan. We were always going to get two, but it definitely would have been underwhelming to just get those two. The third was absolutely necessary; it closed that arc nicely. And I mean, my, the main takeaway, I guess, for me, is it's a very grounded, real life show, and that's very polarizing in the Star Wars world. They they use real life curse words. There's coffee. These are things that you don't expect to see in Star Wars. You expect to see blue milk. Now, they did have blue ramen noodles, but you expect to see blue milk, and you don't expect to see you, – you expect to hear Nerf Herder, not what they had said. And and I, for one, like that. I think it, it shows us the common man of the uh, – Of the galaxy. Of the galaxy. Not so much. Every character in every show and every movie we've been introduced to so far, it's always been the big hot shots. Maybe not in the beginning of the movie. Like, Luke was a nobody in the beginning, but – at the end, you know, Luke, Anakin, Ray, they're all 
you know, the cream of the crop. Yeah. And we don't get to ever see the common man, like the, the, the guy who works a nine to five in Star Wars. And I feel like we're starting to see that a little bit more. Even in Kenobi, we got a glimpse of that with the little sushi cutting. Yep. Yeah, and P, I think Nick is a great point. I feel, like I feel like this is really, as they Tony Lerner kind of hinted at in his pre, in preseason interviews, it's really sort of street-level Star Wars. I mean, my point, I said this yesterday, I think, on Justin the Suffering, when it came on to do our NFL picks. I mean, we basically got a scene in here of a fire hydrant droid getting peed on by an alien dog. That's something you would never see in any other Star Wars property. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is what I'd like to call a breath of fresh air, not necessarily to say, like, I've been just disappointed by star wars so far but i mean let's look at the products that they've released it's all been you know like we talked about in the same time period and it's the same characters this is definitely something new and this is something that i urge non-star wars fans um let me rephrase that i urge star wars fans that are not very high on cassian andor as a character to watch this because i feel like it's just going to put another perspective um you know I'll, i'll say this right off the top about the show that we were saying off the air, I think it's going to be, my prediction is going to be probably one of the better live action Star Wars shows. It's just, it's just disappointing that it's the, that so much attention was put on what I like to call a B-list character. And, and it's no disrespect to the character, but when you think of the top characters, you think of the ones from the episodes, the Kenobis, the Darth Vaders, the, the Leia, Luke, um, Cassian Andor was in one film, uh, and is now getting his own show. So it's probably, if this keeps going on, they have enough content for another nine episodes, it's probably going to be one of the better Star Wars live action. It's just, I don't want to say wasted, but it's, you know, lack for a better word, almost wasted on a B-list character. Do you think that's on purpose? Because we already had Anakin's backstory. We don't need to see it in a TV show. I think think having Andor and his origin story, if you will, is not a terrible idea. I think the reason why it might be so good is because they're trying really hard. They're not using the fact that the character is so popular to help them. I think that's what happened with Boba Fett, right? I think the book of Boba Fett, you had a character that everyone knew and you can just hide behind the fact that, look, Boba Fett's on screen again. This one, I feel like they're like, look, no one really cares about Cassian Andor, you know, the common Star Wars um, fan or the or the casual Star Wars fan is like, who cares about Cassian Andor? I've heard that many times from people I work with and my friends. It's like, what am I going to watch this for? Um, and I've even said it too uh, time to time. Like, okay, what exactly are they going to do on, on this character? Um, but I think because this particular show is under such a microscope, I think they really had to take it seriously and put all their attention and effort into it to make sure a B-list character, if you will, had a successful run. I don't think they have that that top character to hide behind. Yeah, I think Pete's a good point. I think like a comparison I make for this is like for all the Marvel fans out there. I mean, back in 2008 when the first Iron Man movie came out, Iron Man was a B character in the comics. Like people were not very familiar with him outside of, like the diehard comic fans. So they had to make the movie very well, give a lot of care to all the characters, make you care about it. Whereas the time Iron Man three rolls around, you're already reestablished. You've got all the Avengers, and they're kind of going, ah, whatever. People are going to up because it's Tony, it's uh, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Everybody's going to show up. They didn't put as much effort and care into like what was happening with Obi Wan and Boba. It was like, oh, Obi Wan's here. Not gonna care that we rushed through Roken's entire flipping his line in 15 seconds. Like here, if you do that, they're gonna say, "Okay, we're out," because we don't care about Cassie Henry. We have to give them a better product. I agree, Mike. Do agree. You have. I like it though. I'm happy. I'm happy about it because you you, you mentioned you can hide. Pete mentioned you can hide behind a character. You can hide behind Darth Vader. You can hide behind Obi Wan. You can even hide behind Mando now even though he's a new character now you because can, now you can even go. then even then because he was based on something you already knew 
He wore the Mandalorian armor. He was essentially another Boba Fett. You could kind of hide behind him. Now that we got to know him a little bit more, you can definitely you could. You can't hide behind this. You have to make a good show. You can't make... Not to say that I didn't like Kenobi or Kenobi was bad, but if you put out that effort with Cassian as your main character, it's a dumpster fire. Yes. Ten, so ten, ten I'm happy about this. So I think they real. I think this show had. It seemed like the budget was ridiculously high. Oh yeah. The great like production, great sets, the acting is fantastic. All that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Loved it. Yeah. Loved it. All yeah. of it was fantastic. Even the music wasn't bad. Yeah. And P, I think the big thing I think I know is this show I love compared to the other shows. Like you could tell the practical sets they were on added so much value to this show as opposed to like. You try doing this in the volume, I think you lose a lot in terms of like adding character to the scenes and the background and whatnot. I have to say this is probably better shot and better well thought out um, versus Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan, I thought, was a fantastic show. Um, even just the setting, like you mentioned, the setting just seems more authentic. Um but yeah, I mean, I, well, we're going to dive more in deep into these episodes, obviously. So I want to kind of beat a dead horse here. Um, but just to kind of just to piggyback on what I said earlier, this is probably going to be up there with Mandalorian. If they keep on this pace and they get some good action, they get some good character development, even without the cameos. This this might turn into a story that lasts four or five seasons like Mandalorian does if they do it correctly and they start tying in different pieces. Um, again, really early to tell, and we'll get to like future predictions too later, but it's, it's, it, it was off to a good start. Yeah. I believe, uh, before we go into the actual episodes here, I'll say real quick about your point about the future seasons, Pete, it's only be a two season show because basically Tony Gilroy said like at the pace, we have to do it for it to be executed correctly. Like it would take years and years and years off our lives. And we, Diego Luna said, look, age out of this part if we wait too long. So I think what they're doing is it says that. This entire season is year five BBY or BBY five as they put in the cryons yesterday. Then next season is covering four to one. The original plan was one season for each year. They kind of condense it down. Well, I'll tell you this. Season two is probably going to be worse than season one then if they have to cram in four years versus doing one year in 12 episodes. But we'll see. I mean, again, that's all speculation. It is. We're not worried season two yet. Let's see season one. I think there's so much to do here. And this is not the kind of show that really lends itself to, you know, or go through neat by nitpick by nitpick every single thing. They were kind of go vibes and some of the big plot arcs here. So we're starting to get up like where we meet Cassian here, Pete. Where I mean, first he shows up on this planet called Morlana One. Looks like he's like a space, like a outpost basically, where he's going to a strip club, basically looking for someone he claims to be his sister. Gets in a fight, gets a couple guys killed, and the gist of the mission here is that they're like he's on the run and he's like trying to sell a sell an imperial thing he stole and. Basically, sort of his general mission throughout the three episodes here. He's having some flashbacks going there. Like, what do you think of what we got of just where we meet Cassie at this point in his life? I think it's a great start. I mean, I don't think you need to have a lot of background on a character who is not looking for trouble. And trouble is kind of brought to him. And he kind of finishes finishes the fight and winds up killing two people. And that that kind of spirals this whole this whole thing, right? I mean, uh, granted, for people who watch Rogue One, you know who Cassie and Andor is. But you never saw this side. Um, this was almost, you know, like, I'm just a good dude. I'm just trying to find someone it now I'm in trouble. Now I got to start running. I think this is a great start. I think they did it well without wasting too much time on the actual fight. Why he got into the fight. Like it wasn't like a full episode of that. It was, it happened. Now I have to start running. I think it was a great start. Yeah. Nick, I was like, this thing with the uh, fight there when he fights the two incompetent, like basically like I'll call them like private security people who are the police 
for the Empire and that's in that area where they're basically drunk and they get into a fight and try to stick him up for credits or he basically sticks stands for himself. He like he headbutts one guy, the guy falls down, basically bashes his head in and kill, and bleeds out and kills and and dies that way. It's an unintentional death, and then he just kills the second guy to cover up the fact that he was a bit turned in pretty much. So I thought they'd say that this is like much more accidental, like killing for him as opposed to the deliberate actions he's taking by the time we see him in Rogue One. True, true. It's very it's it's dark, it's adult, it's gritty, it's mature. And I like that a lot. I don't think there's a lot of humor in the show, especially not in this scene, but I don't think there's much humor. And I think this is like the adult, mature Star Wars if you're looking for. And you mentioned it pretty much mirrors the opening scene in Rogue One. Or not the opening scene, but his opening scene in Rogue One when he kills his, I don't know if it's his friend or his, his contact. Yeah. But um, as you mentioned, this looked like an accident. And I guess we're going to see what changed to go from accident with these two to on purpose with that guy. Yeah, for sure here. And I do think it was interesting, like, we'll get to the police part of this a bit, but I also do like sort of, like, that we spent a lot of time, like, after he leaves this place, basically the rest of the three episodes, like, he's on Ferex, this planet that he's been living on. We found his mother's there, like, it's, like, so, so, like some friends there. He has a lot of people there. Like, seeing Cassie interact with all these people on Ferex, I think it was interesting how it was done, Pete, because, like, these characters, as we see them, they're also like you don't get as a ton of screen time with them, but they also have their own identities. They're all fully formed. They all have their own relationships to Cassie in different ways. I do think it was very interesting to see, like how like just taking time with these people. Like, we didn't need too much like handholding for us to start pick up and buy what was going on with Cassie's relationship with all these guys. Yeah, it's just the interaction that Cassie and Andor has with them. I mean, you, one of the first scenes that you see, uh, you know, a friend, he's just like, hey, I was with you this night, blah, blah. blah. Like, no questions asked. The guy's like, all right, what the hell did you do? Right. It, 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 you don't need much when you when you approach it this way. And I think that's what this show is going to do well is they don't have to waste time on that kind of character development. They can use it for other things um, because, you know, at the end of the day, the 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 watcher, right, the viewer of the show needs to start putting together pieces. We, we can't be handheld throughout everything in movie, film, TV, it just, it can't happen because it's going to take forever. There has to be some assumptions. There has to be some connecting two points. Okay. This Andor's talking to this first guy, like he'll do anything for him. They must be close. Maybe he did some stuff in the back that Andor helped him out with. And, you know, so I, I think they do this really well where you don't have to waste the time on all these, you know, let's call them supporting actors and actresses, um, supporting characters. You can use that time for other things. And, and they, and they do that well in this first arc. Yeah, let's kind of go through some of these characters see how he's interacting with them, so I'll get our price of these people here. So, uh, Nick, you want to start off with Brasso here, our co-worker? Like the co-worker he basically has, basically, it looks like Andor supervisor or some sort of mining operation, Andor work works for him. He kind of skips out, clearly owes him some money, but the rapport between these two is definitely very fun. Yeah, it seems he seems like a good guy. He seems like a good trust, like a trust, sort of looking for a trustworthy friend, I guess. Yeah. That makes sense. Um... I don't know much what else to to really say. He seems like a good a good guy. Seems like he's got his back. He seems pretty fair. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean, like considering Cassie owes him money, we see some of the other characters he work he runs into owe money are not as friendly with him. He, he owes the money to a lot of people. Yeah, it's a little bit like a little Han Solo ish there, Pete, in terms of like how much he's like just you know swindling like in terms of this like, oh I owe you Christ, oh you Christ, oh you Christ, I have this money coming here, this money's going over there. So Yeah, I mean it seemed it seems like that's how a lot of these main characters that are not main characters that are just regular people like it just it just seems like that's just the way it is um like the model that they kind of take after 
I mean, I, I, I'm okay with it. I wish it was something a little bit more original than that, but it, it is what it is. It's Star Wars, right? So, yeah. It is what it is here. And Pete, let's talk a little bit about Bix Kayleen, the, the uh, mechanic who is one of Andor's friends, and we definitely get the sense that they were involved romantically in the past. She's now dating someone else in the show. So those are thinking, like, they didn't need to do much to sort of establish that, like, yeah, like, these two have a history. Like, they trust each other. Like, may not have worked out in the romantic sense, but, you know, they still have each other's backs. And, like, she's a very important connection here for him because he has this piece of Imperial tech he's trying to sell to get some credits to get the hell out of Dodge if he kills the two guys. So interesting because she's, she's really the, I think, I would say pro- outside the police people, the second main character of this of this premiere arc here. Yeah, it, I, I think that character is going to show up a lot more in the show. Um, I can't tell if there's tension there because they've been really close friends and they like each other more than they realize, or if it was the opposite way, like you were saying, where they were involved and now they're not anymore. I can't That's re- my guess. Yeah, I, I can't tell between the two, to be honest. And, you know, it, it could go either way, in my opinion. However, um, I, I do think we're going to see that character a boatload more in these episodes, even if Andor's not on the same planet. Yeah, Nick, I think just, I think I agree. I think my sense is based on the fact, I think at one point where like, when he says, Hey, I have this technology here. And she offers to buy it off him flat race. Like, he's like, I don't want, like, I don't want a partner right now. So like, I think it's the sense of like, yeah, like he doesn't want to top rope her into what he's doing here. I think that's sort of why it's like they were together at one point. He doesn't want to put her at risk for whatever he's getting himself involved in. I, I agree. I think they were together. And it reminds me of like the, um, if this makes sense, it reminds me of the uh, you you versus the guy she tells you not to worry about. Yeah. And I feel like he's the guy that you're not supposed to worry about, the ex. Yeah. But, I mean, we don't know. They didn't confirm that or anything, but that's what I think. Yeah. And right now, who she's dating here is this guy, Tim Carlo. Tim! Our, our, our A guy of- named Tim in Star Wars. Two M's, but his name is Tim, and... This guy kind of sucks because he's very clearly jealous of Andor's relationship with with Bix, and we do find later on that like the police do put out some sort of bulletin of like, oh, like looking for this person relationship in the murder, and then he sees basically that she, she's helping Andor, she's close to Andor, and he basically rats rats out and her out to the uh, cops, which is not cool, Pete. No, and 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 the dude winds up dying for it anyway, right? I mean, <laughs> this is just kind of full circle in three episodes. Um. Not cool. I kind of saw it coming when, you know, he was drinking in the bar and he saw Andor with Bix, B-I-X, right? Yep. Um, together. And uh, I kind of saw it coming. It, it, it made sense. And it's it's not a bad start, right? It's not a bad start to why the police Ramley showed up. On, like, that was the thing, right? It's like all these planets. How do you narrow it down? There was no, like, identification of, of, uh, of that person and stuff. So it's like, well, how do they get to know it's Andor and it's like, boom, there you go right there. He calls it in and says, Hey, I have a guy who's from that planet that he mentioned. I, I can't remember the planet off the top of my head. You'll definitely know it. Uh, Mike, the uh, planet where he's from that he gets taken from Andor. Oh, Canary. No, yeah, Canary. So Canary's not really mentioned a lot in Ferrix. So they, you know, he sends out like, Hey, I have a Canary here, you know, and then it starts it off. I I'd rather that than them just be like, we're just going to send random police and oh, we found them, you know? So it, at least it gives it some sort of actuality to it. Yeah. It's, it's Nick. It's, that kind of frustrate me a bit because yes, I mean, like he does like, he's acting basically out of jealousy and you, there's a part of that, you know, he does care about like Bix and he's worried about Bix like getting into trouble here. And he must 
there must be some history there that like you know maybe they got involved and did some crazy things and he's worried about like you know oh like we're in a good place i want to get roped in his madness but there's better ways to handle it in my opinion than getting the police involved yeah but in i guess that's what you needed for the story to move forward yep the, the, am i the only one does the police not remind you guys of the nova corps from guardians of the galaxy a little bit i feel like i think about that them the entire time <laughs> It's interesting to see police in Star Wars. That's the first. Yeah. More, you, you sometimes see like a like a like a droid in the in the streets in the in the in the what sort of looking for the slums of Coruscant. You see yeah. that maybe, but I, I've never seen like the police officer before. And it's interesting to see. Yeah. Let's also talk. It's, it's a breath of fresh air too because I'm yeah. I'm tired of seeing stormtroopers. How much would this suck if it was another stormtrooper? Oh, I know we're getting stormtroopers eventually, but I feel like oh, of course, is, of course. But yeah. I mean, in this whole, you killed a stormtrooper, and that's how it all started. And the jet and the empire there. I feel like we've seen this story a million times. Like I'm so happy because he snuck in and stole the what did he steal? What, I, I don't know the name off the top of my head. You it's know, Starcaster. He stole the Starcaster from under the Empire's nose. He said, right? Yep. I'm happy we didn't see that. I don't need another scene where someone dresses up like an Imperial <laughs> and goes in there and steals. I, we've seen it, and they skipped over the things that we don't need to see. I'm happy about that. I am too. And Pete, what do you think of uh, Cassian's droid uh, B two EMO? I, I like the droid. Um, we got a droid the stutter. Yeah, I I, uh, I I like the droid, but I just I don't know how much he's going to be involved. We'll see though. We'll see. I mean, it's it, I I thought there wasn't anything particularly like hysterical about the droid or, or anything like that. But we'll see if if. The droid gets maybe more lines or something that that that's funny or he does something funny or something like that. Is it interesting droid because he is a um, a protocol droid and most of the times the protocol droids are the ones that don't speak and it's the the three POs the K two SOs who speak and he's the protocol droid who speaks. Yeah, which is an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and we find out in the flashbacks that he's he's around Cassie in a long time because he doesn't want to catch adopted mother Marva who. Find we'll get the flashbacks in a bit, but like he's obviously showing his age because this is like about like 15 years ago at this point of the show. I mean, like you can see like he's much brighter red in the flashbacks here. He's beaten up a little bit. He has trouble holding power here. Like there's another thing we don't really see much, Nick. Is like we always really see the beat up droids. We see like these shiny new droids like every time they're there. That's true. That is very true. I mean, 3PO was dirty for a little bit, but he got a bath, right? Yep. You don't really. It's very true. You don't really see these droids. I mean, you do in like Java's Chop Shop, but like they're not central characters. Yeah. So it is. It is a nice thing to see. I, I feel like everything in the show is, although slow, I'm not going to tell you that this show is the most exciting, entertaining thing you'll ever watch. It is slow. It's very. It's a very slow pace, but it's a breath of fresh air. It is here. Any other interactions on this plot you really want to dive into here? I think for me, the one I the one I enjoyed the most is like. Him trying to barter his way off the planet with the uh, with the with the, with the mechanic, basically. He's like, hey, you know, like, they're hacking over the price. Like, oh, like, I want 500 to, like, get out of here. Like, he's like, no, no, no. Like, if you want discretion, it's going to be 900. That's this barring over the price. Like, again, seeing, like, Cassie try and charm his way into a better deal. Although that was also fun, Pete. Yeah, I like that. And I also liked at, at the end, we're still on the same planet where, where the deal kind of goes awry. Um, we'll probably talk about that in a little bit. Um I like that part too, where where we get the end of the the end of the uh, arc there for the last you know maybe twenty minutes. Yeah, that's the big action piece. We'll get to that in a bit, but let's talk about the Imperial policing situation here, Nick. Because apparently, like what we learned here is that stormtroopers do not control, like, not patrol the entire galaxy. That basically the Empire sublets like 
hires some private security firms to keep track of some certain sectors. This is one of them. And this company basically, I Nick, is the name of the company like Procore or something like that? Oh, I just had it up. I don't know how to pronounce oh. it though. It's a little, it's a little strange. Oh, pre- it, it's like Preox Morolana. I don't know how to pronounce it oh, though. Premore. Nah, it's, also it's, known as Premore. The official name is Preox Morolana, also known as Premore. So we'll call them Premore. Yeah, the Premore Authority. Basically, they they get paid by the Empire to basically keep order over like this this area of the galaxy, including Ferrix. And we find out basically that these two guys that Andor kills beginning of the uh, first episode are Premore cops. They're pretty bad cops, but they are cops. And then at the end, I think we meet this guy named Karn, because like a new recruit there or something like that. You, you, we have this great scene. I think Nick, when he first shows up to talk to his superior, he's like all uptight. He's like, you know, like two of our cops got murdered. Like, I, like I've been up all night trying to keep an eye on this thing. You see his uniform is all like pristine and nice and clean. And yeah, this older, like weary, like superior guy is like, you know, like chill dude. Like you're creating more paperwork. We don't need it. We'll just say they died heroes and we'll throw them a parade and so on and so forth. So it's a dichotomy between like the guy eager to cut to like uh, basically make a name for himself. This guy who's been in the game for a long time. It's like, you know, like this is not worth my effort. Like let's not make more trouble than we need to. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. It's. You have the, yeah. Like you meant you have the older guy who doesn't want to get involved and you have the younger ambitious guy who just looks like he's trying to get the promotion, I guess. Yeah. And PL's always fun when we see, because basically Karn, because like, he basically says, uh, gets told by his boss, like, hey, I have to go brief the uh, Imperial like, uh, Command, like the uh, governor for this sector here. Like, we don't want to create more paperwork. You want to just, you know, show that everything is nice. That way they don't investigate you too much and, and tweak your budget. So, like, Karn, the guy's name is Karn, who is the uh, cop here. And, like, who is he's in charge and when he's gone? He decides, I'm going to pull a full investigation into this thing and figure out what's going on here. He has one guy with him who's like, yeah. We're going to go do this. And everybody else is like, really? We got to do all this work now, man? Come on. Yeah, it's going to bite him in the ass. I mean, the 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 chief of all of this pretty much hit the nail on the head about what happened. He's like, those two guys were in a place they weren't supposed to be drinking on the job. They decided to fight someone who wasn't bothering them, and they got the bad end of the stick, right? I mean, that's, that's pretty much what it was. So he was like, it's not going to look great. Even if we go and try to get this guy, it's not going to look great if our officers are, are in that kind of light. So let's just say this is what happened and they died heroes. And I think he was spot on. Right. Uh, and now this tryhard who kind of reminds me of the new Captain America from, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I don't know. He's got that vibe to him. Just yep. like tryhard, like I'm the best. Like he doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm going to bring justice and, you know, whatever. It's going to it's going to bite him in the ass. It's going to be one of the main plot points where this is probably going to all come to a head at the end of the season and there's going to be multiple things going on and the police is going to be one of the arcs and it's just it's just not going to end well for for that police guy i mean he may not even survive um i mean he he was cowering the whole fight that happened and we'll get into that too i i just it i don't want to say it cheapens it because it doesn't i understand the arc but it's like i've seen this arc in so many different things so many times do something a little more original than the try hard trying to bring justice yeah nick one thing the funniest part of this arc part of the story i think was like the scene where he's basically getting the troops ready to leave he's trying to give this inspiring speech and usually the dichotomy of the show is like oh they give a speech everybody's fired up and here like no one cares and the other guy i'm the Number two suck up is going like, yeah, great job. Everybody's, everybody's kind of forced to clap along. I thought that was a fun reversal of typical dichotomy where you, you this guy does suck. He's not going to give a good speech. 
Yep, and I think it shows that the Empire has so much control that these people they hire just don't even care. Like, they just know. Like It just seems like no one's going to go out of line. Our jobs are so easy because the Empire has such control that it just doesn't matter. And none of them, and none of them, that's what, like, the boss seems like, too. It's just like, they don't care. The Empire doesn't care. They have such control over this. They don't care about a guy who killed two of our little, they don't care at all. Like, it's, it's little fish to them. Yeah, it's like basically a ask. There's basically this guy wants to take up the bazooka to try to shoot a mosquito. Yeah, exactly. And it's not worth the effort. Not at all. We'll come back to that in a minute here. I want to get to the flashbacks a little bit. We're throughout these thing here. We see flashbacks to Cassie as a kid on the on the planet Canary, and I thought this is a very strange sort of setup here at the flashback where we basically see it's like he lives with a group of children. They don't see any parents around for whatever reason on this mining planet and a Republic ship crashes and they decide, oh, we're going to go investigate this. Okay. I have to stop you because I keep hearing this. There's clearly a Confederate logo on their arm. Yeah. But it's called a Republic ship. Yeah. You're right about that. I'm not arguing that. I don't understand how it's a Republic ship if it has a Confederate logo on the arm. I say, I say, yeah, Confederate, Confederacy, the, the separatists. It has a separatist logo on their arms. Are they separatists or are they republic? I don't get it. They might have stolen the ship. Okay, that's possible. Yeah, because yeah. they might have gotten shot down because they stole the ship. But it seems like no one is noticing that their logo is on the arm. Well, they're kids. I don't know what they're dealing with. No, 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 not them. I mean, like people in real life, like fans. Yeah. Did you notice? I noticed the logo. Yes. I, I feel like no one's noticing it. I don't understand. Yeah, because like the sep- the Republic logo is very clear. The Separatist logo is that little thing. It's, the Empire logo. It's a little similar. It's the same shape, but it's a very different logo. Like yeah. you'll know when you see the Separatist logo versus the Republic logo. The Republic logo is essentially the Empire logo. It's yeah. very very similar. The the um the Separatist logo is like a hexagon with like yeah. six. Oh man, parallelograms. Yeah. On the inside, with a smaller hexagon on the inside. It's a lot of a lot of geometry. Yeah. A lot of geometry. Yeah. I didn't notice that here. And Pete, like, what'd you think of these flashbacks here? Because obviously we see this mission goes wrong. He decides to go get revenge when the leader of the group looks like she gets killed. I'm not, I'm like not confirmed on that one, but like he ends up going inside and starts wrecking the ship before he gets found by Marva and her buddy. And the buddy's like, Hey, like leave this kid here. He's to get us in trouble. Then Marva just takes him off the planet. Yeah. I, uh, this is how flashbacks should be done. Uh, they're quick to the point. You understand what's going on. What I did find weird was there was no subtitle to the tribal language yeah. that they were speaking. Yeah, I thought it was a mistake. So that kind of just left you as like, I don't even know what they're saying, but I understand the premise. And there's some sort of creativity there that I can understand and respect where it's like, you don't, you know, leave it as a mystery right like you're looking into this as a foreigner you don't know their language so you're just kind of grasping on the tones and everything my guess is the reason why there's no parents there is because all the parents went to work in the mines yeah and there was an accident and they probably all you know perished in that accident and the kids were just left to kind of fight and survive on their own that was like my guess to it um but, you know, I like that in three episodes, we're done with, let's call it the, the mining planet, right? We they, The kid already got taken from that. So we'll probably get more flashbacks when Cassian's younger, but not on the mining planet somewhere else. And I think those are going to work a lot better than, let's say, a full episode flashback that the Book of Boba Fett had. Did you get uh, Lord of the Flies vibes? Oh, yes. This? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, Nick, that was interesting here. They we, we sort of retconned what has been his uh, backstory of like, oh, he's from the Playa Fest. That we found out that basically Marva came up with this story to cover the fact that he's from Canary. I wonder if we're going to find out more later in the season of why they felt this is necessary. I think we also get might get more of a flashback than we already did. Because if you remember in Rogue One, he tells Jin that he's been in this fight since he was six years old. He's clearly not six there. I would have guessed he's 11 there. Yeah. So uh, it leads me to believe maybe all the parents died five years before that. And then we're going to see that. And then, you know what I'm saying? But the time doesn't work out that you have a Confederate soldier showing, like, separate soldiers yeah, showing I, up. I, I don't understand that. I don't get it at all because the Confederacy has gone by the time Cassian is nine. Yeah. That's when the, the Clone Wars ends. Yeah. So he's probably, it might, could be 10, could be 12. It's definitely after the Clone Wars, though, that flashback. So I'm very interested as to if they can explain this. Because if you remember on our on our um, preview podcast, I actually talked about this. I was confused on how that was going to work because I was like, you know, how did that make sense? Yeah, it really doesn't, but I did also appreciate the fact that, you know, like, Marva does a good job here, like, rescuing him, and we do see that, like, he li- like he lives with his mother now, he's basically trying to keep his clandestine activities secret from her pee. I do think what they're saying, like, even with, like, him trying to be stealthy, she does sort of know, like, yeah, you're up to something, and I want you to, like, be take care of yourself. Absolutely, and I, I, uh, I think just to talk about Nick's point about how they have that separatist ship this, you know, late in the game, let's just call it. I think my theory of it, because this is something that came up too for me, I think because the separatists were working so closely with Palpatine, right, I think that just all the stuff from the Clone Wars that were not wrecked, that were saved, are just being filtered into the Empire to use since it's all just one conglomerate empire, right? But it's not the ship. It's their uniforms, Oh, the uniform. I the ship, I believe, is Republic. It's a Republic ship. They're wearing separatist uniforms. They just have the logo on their arm, I which see. is what I which means. They probably are separatists, right? Yeah. Maybe for planets that didn't like. Well, I mean, we had Imperial remnants after the Galactic Civil War. Why can't we have separatist remnants after the Clone Wars? So it was the ship. All right. Well, there goes my theory. But that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I mean, I. You, you, we're going to see that that's a very close character with Andor, the the mother figure, right? I mean, this is this is going to be a theme, I think, throughout the next nine episodes. Yeah, and a big big actress here, like Fiona Shaw, has been in a lot of different things over the years. So I'm most famously for Killing Eve, I believe she's in True. Is that the mother? Yeah, that's the mother. She, also, famously, she played Petunia Dursley in the Harry Potter movies. Cool. So good to see her. Cool. Good to see her in the mix here as well. And let's get to uh, Luthen Rail, who is played by the great Stellan Starsguard here, and he shows up in the middle of episode two, where he's basically sh- like tra- taking transport, public transport in there. I did think it was interesting, Pete. Like how, we, how again we sort of see the you know real like how the common man's getting around over here because he says, "Hey, you got to park out of town to not draw attention." Then he ends up basically riding the shuttle with this like friendly guys they tell they're just straight stories oh that was a fun little beat to start get to get a little inside of the character before you see me cassian yeah i mean it's uh it's kind of weird it's like kind of a play to real life you always got that one person who just won't stop talking and you're yeah. just trying to get to your destination right uh yeah i mean look it, i it's definitely a show and this is something we'll talk about probably ad nauseum throughout this season is this is a show for the common man of star wars right the common woman of Star Wars, the common alien, the common whatever, 
Gungan, whatever, whatever you want to go through all the species. Gungans are even still around. But anyway, uh, this is going to be very, very non Star Wars like. This is not going to be a Star Wars movie, excuse me, show. This is a show about Star Wars characters. This is a regular show about Star Wars characters. And that's kind of like what I was explaining to my friend a little earlier. It's like, this is not, don't expect to see a lightsaber. You're going to see the ships, you're going to see the blasters. But this is not going to be like you're used to when it comes to Star Wars. And I think that's perfectly fine. It has its place. Um, but it's it, it, like like Nick said, and I said too, breath of fresh air. We're not seeing the same old stuff all the time. And I think this is going to be well received um, if they do it correctly throughout the season. Yeah, Nick, I also think if, I, while I was watching him interact with people here and like, especially when he meets Cassie for the first time, he starts talking about, oh, you know, like tells him all the information he knows about him, says, oh, you got to know your eggs and stuff. You get major Phil Coulson vibes, or like, oh, like he's got like he's working for somebody bigger, and he's sort of like the middleman is going between making all things happen. A little older than Phil Coulson, but definitely, yeah, definitely. Um, he seems like he seems like a cool character. Seems like he's going to be the. I mean, we know he is like the way that Cassian gets involved with the rebellion. I'm assuming that's where they're off to next, right? I would assume he's gonna get there eventually, but we do. There are stills out of him like working with Mon Mothma as well. He's in, in the trailer talking to her, so he's sort of the go between to everybody right now. Yeah, so he probably the one who introduces Cassie and everybody. But we'll see. You never know. Could be something completely different. Could be a curveball. You never know. But seems like a cool character, and seems like almost like a Beckett to Han Solo, a good way for Cassian to learn. Yeah. And P, I did love this meet there where basically like he's trying to pick Cassian's brain about how he got this thing. He's like, how'd you walk out of this thing? And like, and then we get the line for the trailer about how, oh, like that you just walk in like you belong, like the Empire wouldn't believe that I belong in their house. And I thought it was interesting here. He basically knows that Cassian more about money and says, here, I'll give you more money if you tell me how you did this. And then basically sort of gets the information he needs. And hey, like I have a job for you, basically. Like, I feel like you could be better used to us than just like selling, just scavenging ram equipment and trying to sell it. Yeah, we definitely planted the seed for the rest of the season here. I think this was the key that he keeps doesn't care about the box at the end. He's like, just come with me. We're gonna figure it out. Um I like the character a lot. And I and I think that as long as the character keeps developing and we learn more and the character does more stuff like this last scene of the of the the three story arc, I think it's gonna probably be one of the stronger characters of the entire season. Um, maybe even surpassing Andor in some episodes. Who knows? Yeah. Nick, we also got our big action piece here is all this meat because back thanks to our friend Tim basically uh, calling the popo on, on Andor here. Like, the cops show up. They try and storm Andor's house, and then he's not there. They try to arrest Bix. Tim gets himself shot for all this, ends up dead, and then we see the town sort of rallying. Like, they're, like, warning everybody. That's just, that sequence is before we get to it, Nick. It was cool where we had everybody banging on the metal, warning each other in the hiding, and then we have all the random pre-more cops who are not like Karn and his buddy saying, hey, like, you don't want to be here when they're all doing that. It's not good. Kind of funny how he's the one who ratted him out and then he's the yeah. one who, who they get, you know, they kill. But like we've mentioned countless times, it's grounded. It's real life. It's not, it's not laser swords and force lightning. And, and although we love that stuff and that stuff is cool, we don't mean to mock that stuff. This is grounded Star Wars. It's a real story. It's a story about a murder. Like, think about real life versus Star Wars, what we're used to at this point. Yep. Obi-Wan kills a clone trooper, let's say, at the Jedi Temple, even though that was, you know, this, we know at that point the clone troopers are bad guys. 
that's nothing thought of that. He goes home, he doesn't think about it twice. In this, it's you killed a clone trooper, you're gonna stand trial, you're gonna get arrested, you need a lawyer. It's like real life. Yeah. Really is in Pete. I did love the practicality of the fight as well, too. Especially with uh Luthen showing up basically, hey, like I picked this spot, I got the exit rigged here, and he had basically sets off his own little bomb that basically trip like trips all these guards, sending like all these cranes into the air. I thought like the use of the practical effects of this fight definitely made it cool. Yeah, I think this was a great scene. I, I don't I, I don't think it had too much action. I don't think it had too much talking. Like, I think it was a good mix. The only thing I, I my gripe about this, because and maybe you guys caught on to this and I didn't, what exactly did banging the metal do? I think it was like a, a worse system, basically. So like so, right, but, but but like when she's you know, when she says you don't want to be here when the metal stops, technically the metal stops and all they do is escape. Like I thought maybe the whole town was gonna rally and just gang up on them or something. And it was just very to me that was very anticlimactic, right? Yes, we we knew Andor was going to get away. I mean, uh, if he didn't, there would be a very blah next couple episodes of him being captured, right? Fine. The the banging of the metal, I thought the whole town was going to rally, right, to defend Andor so he can get away. And this was just kind of like, okay, it stopped. Okay, Andor left, but still no one's around. Like, nothing actually happens, in my opinion. Um so I don't know if this is going to show up again later in the season. We actually see what that does. But for them to make a statement like that and then nothing really climactic happens other than those two characters that were already fighting, escaping, seems like a wasted opportunity, in my opinion. Yeah, Nick, I feel like it's something we, I feel like that was a tease. We're, we're definitely going to see something happen in the metal, like bang, warning system, emergency alert system, in my opinion, happen again at the end of the season. I, I was confused too, I'll, I'll be honest, but. Just seems like um, I, I don't know. We haven't seen we haven't seen the end of the Nova Corps. Yeah, I feel like these guys will be around for a while. I feel like they're not going to be done like trying to get get back at Andor. Yeah, definitely. I, I could even see them being around in the next episode, or maybe even later, or even both. Yeah, that's for sure. Here and then they do end up. I thought it was a good chase sequence. Obviously, we see them. You know, like they're fighting, and they end up stealing the speeder bike and trying to get away here. And I did like. You know, we get up getting the ship when we have a nice little parallel shot there, Pete and the whole premiere where, you know, like we see young, the young kid and or basically like look at Marva as he's as they're she's flying him off a of canary as opposed to here where he's leaving Ferrix and going somewhere unknown. So nice little parallel, like melded the flashbacks and the episode. Yeah, the flashbacks have been done very nicely. These these first three episodes, if they keep this kind of theme throughout, I think it's going to be fine. I think this is exactly how flashbacks would have been more beneficial in the Boba Fett series. If they would have done this and add a little more content of the, of the present day Boba Fett, I feel like that maybe would have made a stronger show. Um, but I, I, I like it. I like the flashbacks so far. And I, and I gotta be honest, I hated flashbacks in star Wars because of Boba Fett. So I'm surprised I'm saying it now. Nick, anything else before you wrap up uh, the, the premiere, like sort of like recapping all the trackers and stuff. Um, just that I completely agree. The flashbacks to me are probably one of the most exciting parts of the show, actually, to be honest with you. And I love when shows and movies do what I think Andor did, which is not always because there's some stuff in Andor, but I I love when they have a trailer for a movie or a show and they really hit it in the first episode or two. And then it's like, well, I don't I don't know what's coming next. We have some Mon Mothma stuff we know is coming, but. I love when they do that. You, you know, you get most of the stuff from the trailer out of the way, and it's like, I really don't know what's coming next. Like, we're going to do our episode four predictions. It could be about Mon Mothma. It could be a whole arc or two before we even hit Mon Mothma that we know nothing about. We have no idea. Yeah. 
definitely a lot of fun here, and I think... Oh, and last thing, think about, you know, we watched The Clone Wars, and we went through these droid episodes, and we sat there, and, like, and people would always say, imagine this was four weeks of your life. Imagine this was three weeks of your life waiting for this. This I'm so happy they did this as one, and I'm excited to go back to the weekly. You know, I like a weekly episode thing. I, I prefer that to the binge model, but... In this case, it was three was perfect. I think it was necessary. Very, very necessary. Yeah, I think this sets us up nicely here. We have a lot going on with this uh, with this show. I mean, like, I think we would have been disappointed if we got just that one episode, and then we sort of were having to wait two weeks to get through this. Like, we got it done. We got the arc done. Now we're going to start. And I've, from what I'm hearing, like, they sent four, the screeners the first four to the press, so they got these three and next week's. And everything I've seen is that said the next week is supposed to be a banger. So that's going to be a lot that I'm excited for. Yeah, I mean, just really quick before we go into our, um, you know, our rankings and and all those trackers and stuff, I like how these arcs are not like the Clone Wars arcs where there's a definitive end to it, and now we're waiting to see what's going to happen in the next arc. It it there was an arc of three episodes, there was a beginning, middle, and end, but that end is going to lead us into perfectly another arc. It's continuing the story. It's not boom, this is done. Okay, what kind of hijinks is Andor going to get into next week? Kind of a thing. So I'm really, really happy they didn't take that model, and I was actually very concerned prior to seeing the show that that's the model they were going to go with. Yeah, it's not the case of like, oh, like, you know, we have droids wandering around in space for four episodes, and then bam, you're going to Mandalore for four episodes. Right. I'm I'm really happy that it looks like even though there are three three episode arcs, it's still part of the singular story. They're just doing conflict in three episode arcs instead of saying this episode he's smuggling this okay he finished that okay now he's going on to his next thing I, I'm, I'm glad that they didn't do it that way you're glad they didn't copy the mando formula because it Seems works like- it works for Mando. i'm thinking that would not have worked here yeah i mean it you know it's funny i we have three cores of the show to go so this is all speculation it may go that way i hope it doesn't but you know we'll see I mean, they did tell us preseason we're going to have these sort of three-episode, like, story arcs where it's going to sort of flow from one to the other. So I do think, like, they keep this stuff. I think I'm very encouraged what we have going on here, Nick. I agree. I love the pacing. I'm very encouraged. I'm looking forward to the other episodes. I still agree. I do think it was a little boring and a little slow, but that doesn't mean it was bad by any means. All right. Let's get to some of our weekly stuff we do here. We keep, we Prior to the season on our preview podcast, we did a character draft to – Keep track of what cameos might appear, what characters might pop up throughout the season here. Obviously, after the premiere, like, I'm going to put it on the screen here for the YouTube audience. Nobody got a point yet. And I feel like this could be a while before we get this board updated. This is going to be forever. I, I really think this is going to be like a two to nothing or a two to one win at the end of the, uh, at the end of this show. I mean, I... As I look at my draft, I did horrible. I mean, I, I just, I'm just thinking about it. It's just, it's just not going to happen. But anyway, I, this is going to be very difficult to win. And if if it ends in a tie, so so let's just put this out there. What do we do if it's all zeros? Not even like, oh, this person got one, and like it was more important. Like, what if everyone gets zero at the end of the show? Do we just call it a wash, or does like how do we how do we work this? I think we I would say that, we call it a wash. I think I'd say it's a wash. It's double or nothing into the next into, into Mando. I mean, this is the it's look, I got to be honest between you and Nick, Mike, you guys have a very, very good chance of getting someone. I'm screwed. Like just watching this, I am just royally screwed. I, so I think there's a chance I win one to nothing or nothing. And I feel like there's an opportunity. It's, cha- it's going to be like a one or two nothing or a two one win. I think I think there's. 
I think it literally four comes characters out. on this list that have zero percent chance of showing up. I think. Yeah, I think five have a very small chance of showing up, and three of them are on my team. So I think I think <laughs> two of the ones are on your team. I think Hera and Catalyst have no shot. No I shot. think Jin does. I think Ahsoka has no shot. I think Krennic has no shot. Yeah, I think the your I think your hope, Nick, is that if Drake is that they they get introduced Draven early, he becomes heavily involved in the show. I think that's your best chance to win the thing. I just feel like if you're showing the Senate and it's, it's in session, he's got to be in the middle, right? He doesn't have to be. I mean, again, I said you know, he doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be, but I feel like he would be right. Most likely. I mean, they could have Massa Meta doing it and then just not have. They could. Show. They could. Pete, we should have drafted Massa Meta. <laughs> I wasn't thinking that, man. <laughs> I was just trying to get someone that I thought would happen, and it just, I just, I screwed it up. The thing, so. that, the, the thing with Pete's team is this: like, if we get past Saw and there's no Jin there, he's getting a zero for the entire season. If we get past Saw Guerrero and there's not even a mention of Jin. Uh, I might as well just give you 25 bucks now. <laughs> like just, it might as well happen because there's no way in hell unless, unless by some like grace of God, Harrison duel is in it for a couple episodes. I am toast. Yeah. I am absolutely toast. Yeah. Or agent Callis happens to be working for Primor before he yeah. ends up getting a uh, hybrid empire. <laughs> Something like maybe, <laughs> maybe he changes his name. Now hang on. What if this, this, this dude, whatever his name Corn. is, uh, America version five, whatever is Karn. Karn. What if he's like, I my reputation's messed up. I have to rename myself, and he's Agent Callus the whole time. That would be a hell of a way for you to win. Plot twist: Do I get all the points? You know, pro like. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You would. You would. So let's let's go there. Come on, let's go. I'm I'm excited now. It's not going to happen, but we're hopeful. All right, it's not going to happen now. Let's go. Let's we'll put this in the back burner. We'll keep an eye on this as the weeks go on here. We'll get now to our trackers, things we keep track of every single week on the podcast here. As is traditionally done from every show, we're going to bring the Hondo Tracker along with us. It's at 18 appearances, including his appearance at, at Galaxy's Edge. But, Nick, there is zero chance we're adding anything to this in this show. I, I'm looking forward to when Hondo appears. I said this on our news podcast. You can check that out on Monday. Or if it's past Monday, you can check that out now. But it's a matter of when, not if, we see Hondo. Not in this show, but in the future. We will see Hondo. When that day comes, we're going to throw a Sky Guys party. Yeah, we will. We will let you know where that party is going to be here. No cameos on either end. No, nothing animated front. No uh, live action cameos here. Because apart from Andor, we got entirely brand new character speed. Yep. I mean, I mean it's... I feel like cameos, if they're going to happen, are going to be in the last two arcs. I think that's when you're going to see it. I think the first two arcs, well, we already know what the first arc is. I think the first two arcs are going to be heavily new characters. And then we're going to start to see maybe, who knows, maybe even season two. Maybe they go the Mando route and they go season two, you start getting cameos. And season one's all about Cassian. So uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough. Yeah, I feel like we're going to be waiting a while for that one here. The planet tracker did get some action. We got three planets on this one. We got Morlana 1, Ferrix, and Canari in the flashback. So, Nick, that's what I feel like we're going to be flipping quite a bit. Nick, you're muted. I, you know, I just can't believe, and I don't really care because it doesn't impact the quality of the show, but I, I can't believe the main planet is another desert planet. I really can't believe it. It's like... Can't there just be a normal planet where it's like it's a mining the suburb? Planet. The suburbs. It's a mining operation. It's not Why don't really you look desert. it up? Look it up. Yeah. 
Barracks. Yeah. Barracks from Wikipedia. From Wikipedia, Ferrix is a desert world located in the free trade sector of the galaxy. Hey, better than being on Tatooine again, like we were for the entire Boba Fett. Yes, it is. It is. It's just desert worlds are probably easiest to make a set for. Just dump sand in, right? I mean, like it's must be. That's probably it, right? I mean, like think about a show that was just based on Hoth, and you just have to have snow all the time. It's never going to happen. It's just too expensive. Where's the suburbs world? Yeah, I mean, it, I agree with you. But it, the sand is probably just cheap. It's like, hey, dump the sand in, make like some sand-colored huts, and there you go. There you go. I want to see picket fences and driveways. That's the that's the Mon Mothma storyline. I hear you get that. But it's going to be all city. That she lives in Manhattan. Yeah, you're getting the contrast. That's what, they, that's what this whole show is about between the haves and the half-nots. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. All right, next up here. Classic wise, you not get any this week. I think we're going to get like one Pete total. I think that's going to be it. We're, I don't know. Yeah, I, maybe not. Oh, I, I feel like this is not going to be. I, we should probably, what we should have done was we probably should have taken Andor as a brand new Star Wars character, brand new series like Mandalorian, yeah. right? Mandalorian started off with nothing. With the, uh, it was just Mandalorian, that's it. You didn't really have a lot of cameo or whatever. Then season two and three picks up with the characters you know. I, I feel like Andor is going to be like this, and we're going to get maybe one cameo that is not already put in the trailer, right? Like Mamatha's a cameo and everything. Like, we're going to get like one or two that's like, oh, okay. And they're not even going to be like, let's call them A list characters. They're going to be like B list. Like, okay, we know who that person is, but it's not like, holy crap, Darth Vader's in this, right? So. I, we probably should have taken this as this is a brand new show about a brand new character. Yeah. Imagine this here. Like the other, the one tracker besides the plans I got to hear, Nick. I'm not saying the Andor kill count to get activated so early. We got two right away. Yes, that's going to be a good tracker for us. Maybe he'll match Chopper. Yeah, he's got a long way to go, but Chop, Chopper sets the bar very high. <laughs> What's Chopper? 15,000 or something? 50,000. Oh, man. Because don't forget, he blew up three ships in one episode. <laughs> All right, yeah. All right, so those are our trackers. We keep them going every week here. Now we're going to go to our MVPs and LVPs as we do every episode. We're going to give out our MVP of the episode, our LVP of the episode, for a reference for the new audience to this show. So, again, if you are joining us the first time, this is the board from Obi-Wan Kenobi, the final board here. So that show, we're going to do with Obi-Wan the MVP at plus eight. Darth Vader plus five, Tala plus three, Uncle O and Aunt Peru got plus two each, Leia and Haja plus one for the positive section, negatives, negative one, Bail Organa, Leia's cousin, the fifth brother, Roken and the writers who, we guys, we agree we're not kind of the writers anymore as a LVP candidate. That's right, yep. And then Reva minus two in the bottom three of Imperial Security, Disney, and the Flea Gang. That was the trio of LVPs for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Looking back, I agree. Yeah, I don't think anything changes here for me either. Pete, can you imagine if Flea just shows up in this show? I'm going to tell you this. <laughs> if Flea shows up, I am unsubscribing to Disney+. Plus. <laughs> I will do it, and I will. I will come on every show going. I haven't seen it because I unsubscribed. That that would be ridiculous if he shows up in this. Ridiculous, but who knows? Stranger things have happened. So, 
All right, well, that's up here. Since this is the premiere, we had three episodes. We're going to do three MVPs and three LVPs. So I'm going to throw a proposal out for the, like, is everybody here not giving Andor an MVP? I'll be giving Andor an MVP, yeah. I will be giving him at least one as well. All right, so I think we're all in agreement here. Andor had a very good premiere. He's very suave, very smooth, very, you know, like, able to navigate relationships with people very well. He and he gets he's effective getting his job done and getting out of there. When you asked, did you mean you were giving him all three? No, I mean like we're all giving him one. Okay. Well I'm I will i will just save you the frustration. I'm giving him two. So you're getting Andor two. Sam. Right. Okay, so who who is uh your third? Um I'm sorry, I forget the name, but his ex girlfriend. Oh Bix. Bix. I, I like Bix's character a lot. I thought she was um Kind of a badass, and seemed like she actually cared for him, and just seemed like a good person, honestly. All right, P, you got two more. What are you doing with your other two MVPs? Well, I'm I'm doing uh, Andor for another MVP. Um, I also like the, and I, I can't remember the name, the guy who comes to buy the item, uh, um, Luthen. Luthen, right? So I I think uh, I think he gets the MVP for that last episode. Right. So Andor one for Luthen. I have one for Luthen as well, so I'm going to hop on that bandwagon. I'm also giving one to Marva here, the, uh, Cassie's adopted mother, because I feel like, again, I think the Flash like, really wanted for me because, like, she does right by this kid where he's just confused. He's in a spot where, like, she could have left him to die. So, you know, I just cave my fuel cells. I'm going to leave the fuel cells. She does the right thing, takes him along, ends up raising him as her own son. So good job by Marva there to set Cassie on a good path going forward here, Nick. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, here. So now we go the other way for the LVPs here. So we'll start out here. I think is it safe to say we're all giving Karn at least one? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to give Karn two. Yeah. Nick, you want to take the lead on why Karn sucks so much? Yeah. He, he's the investigator douche from the Clone Wars, <laughs> but in real life. Yeah. It's him. He's, he's the same person. He's an, he is an investigator douche. Yeah. He kind of looks like, I don't know if you've gotten this far in Game of Thrones yet, Pete, but he looks like Ramsey Bolton a little bit. Yes. Yes. Yep. I think to me, the thing that makes him such a bad like character too is like, the dude cannot read the room whatsoever. Like literally he and his one buddy are the only people there going, boy, like this is a great thing we got to do. We got to go find this one guy when everybody's like, dude, like. All you do is make more paperwork. You're going to make a mess of things here. And he's just, nope, I got to make my name for myself, despite having no backing whatsoever. Yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna give him two as well. I'm, I'm on board with Nick there. All right, so are you two closed out here giving Tim MV, LVPs as well? Yeah. Nope. You're not giving Tim one? Nope. I am. Tim, first of all, your name Tim in Star Wars. That's, <laughs> ridic- that's ridiculous. With two M's. That's ridiculous. And second, um, I mean, he ratted him out. He, I mean, although I, I got to be honest with you, if I'm in the same shoes, if I put me in Tim's shoes, I'm kind of going to do the same thing. But, but either way, we're watching this show as Cassie is the protagonist, so we have to root for him. So F Tim. Yeah. As far as Tim goes, though, Pete, like, how hard is, like, it's also, for me, the problem is, like, he does not trust his girlfriend whatsoever. Like, that's just a very poor, uh, poor relationship well, characteristic. Well, we're just going to throw this out there. I'm giving Bix the LVP because if she wasn't so suspicious and she wasn't acting so weird, there wouldn't be a problem. 
you know, I can't hang out tonight. And he's she's at the bar with him. And stuff. I'm sorry. She starts this 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 distrustfulness. Right. And I understand that this is something that you can't just be telling everyone, you know, because obviously Andor and her have a special relationship. She starts all this crap. Yes, I'm sure she's going to be a great character toward the end. She seems like she cares, but she was acting really sus, really, really sus. And I, I can understand why Tim goes the extra mile. Granted, he shouldn't have snitched, but if she doesn't act that way, he maybe doesn't have a problem. And so Nick, LV point to her. Nick, he even get stitches. He's got straight dead. Oh, super dead. <laughs> True. Yeah, he got messed up. <laughs> Yeah, I'm also going to give, give an LVP to our uh, crooked cops at the beginning of this thing because, like, what the hell are you doing here? Like, I mean, you're trying – I get that you're drunk, but, like, you really are having such a poor salary. You're going to go stick up a guy for 300 credits and you have to end up dying for a terrible effort there from those two at the beginning. It's understandable. I agree with that. Yeah, so I'm going to put that on the board, Nick, is Cassian's murder victims. All right. I'm gonna, or I'll just put like uh, like crooked cops. That works. That works for me. We may we may encounter more crooked cops in this show. I feel like that might be a thing. That might be a theme. So you just like the police. I wouldn't say that. I would I would I would say the the murder victims because they're they're specific. I would go with that. I'll say like pre pre more stooges. <laughs> sure. All right, so we'll call them pre more stooges. They go on the board. We can call them the two stooges. Yeah. All right, now let's grade these episodes. We're going to do each episode as an individual grade. We're going to uh, cheat. I'm going to keep track of this myself. At the end of the season, I'll give it the average of what the episodes were. So, Pete, episode one, what's your grade? Uh, episode one, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, for me, anything under a four is just bad. And it's like degrees of bad. Um, four for me is like. It, it, there were some parts I was like, oh, this is good. And there's some parts like, wow, if this was the first week and we didn't have all three at once, this is this is boring. So I'm giving it a four. Wasn't terrible. Wasn't fantastic either. You know, I, but I don't think it's in the middle there for a five. Yeah, I think you convinced me. We go down to a four on this one. It was, it was a little slow. It was okay. Like not much happened, but we did get some exciting moments. The fight at the beginning was good, but I think I gave it a four. Nick, what about you? I think it was a six. I think it was... Um. And Elaine really enjoyed the world building a lot. And we got in that one. All right. So that's, you're on the board here. Episode two now. I'm going to start. I'll give us a five. It was a little better than premiere. I think it was solid world building as well. You got a lot of character development here with some, with some stuff here. I think, again, like missing that little bit extra, making like, it stand out for me it was still solid. Five. I agree with that. It's a five for me as well. Uh, Nick, what do you have it? I thought it was just as good as the first one, so we're giving it a six as well. I thought it was pretty good, pretty similar to the first. I enjoyed the world building and the character development, but we've been over this countless times already. It was, it was pretty the whole show, not just this episode, painfully slow. But I admire that. All right, so Nick, you want to leave us off with the last episode? What'd you get for episode three? I'm gonna give it a seven. Okay. I wanted to go eight, but I, I'm gonna go seven. I don't like doing decimals. Um, give it a seven just because I feel like it was similar to the others, but it had more action. Yeah. So I, there you go. I also had down as a seven. I feel like this was the more exciting episode. I think it was a lot. Stellan Scar, I think it does raise the gray of this episode a lot because Luthen's a very fun character and the fight sequence and the whole chase sequence, the escape and 
Tim getting like getting what was rightly reserved for his like uh, snitching action. I think brought this up for me. Yeah, I'm with you guys on the seven. I think this was significantly better than the first and second. That's why it jumps up two points for me. I think the action helps. Uh, I think it could be a lot better, and that's why I think seven's a fair grade for it. All right. Last but not least, here we'll do some predictions for next week episode four. Well, as we see here, we see that Cassie and Andor and Luther are on Luther's ship trying to escape here. So. Nick, you have any prediction here what we're going to see next week? I'll just, I mean, I'll just do this each week until it's right. I predict we see Mon Mothma going to the Senate, and I know eventually I'll be right. So that's what I'm going to go with because I know I know that's coming. I just don't know when. I'm going to go different. You, I think we, I think we get Saw Guerrero next week. I think that he's going to take and meet Saw. I, I can see that. I could see us getting Saw before we get um, Mon Mothma, Mothy. Yeah. As I call as I call her, Mafi. Because I feel like this is sort of the logical spot. I feel like he's on the underground side of it. He'll go to Saw and say, hey, this is Cassian. Like, he, 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 we, should, we should work together. Pete, what's your prediction for next week? Well, but, but, oh, I'm sorry. Does, does, does Cassian doesn't meet Saw Guerrero, right? I, think, I thought he knew him. Well, they, they, he definitely knows of him. It's not really implied whether or not they've met or not. It's the pilot who doesn't know Saul Guerrero at all. Well, we know uh, Bodie, well, but I, I think Cassian may have met him. I guess there's nothing that suggests that he did or didn't meet him. From Rogue One and what Cassian says to Jin, he said, "I think you'll have better luck talking to uh, Saul Guerrero than I would." I think maybe there's a little bit of bad blood between them, and I think we might see that this this yeah, maybe yeah maybe where, they, yeah maybe they work a job and then like he disagrees uh, with Saul's tactics. Right, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot farther with Saw Guerrero than I am. I can't remember the exact line, but it was almost like he knew who Saw Guerrero was, but like Jin Urso was the key to like actually talking to him. Um, but I don't think we're gonna get Saw next episode. I think we're gonna get Saw maybe episode five, maybe six. I think uh, we're gonna get uh, Cassian Andor. I think the I think the Empire is gonna get involved. I think that. Uh, that Karn guy is going to get kind of reprimanded by his boss. Be like, what the hell are you doing? I told you not to do this. And he's going to go one step further and get the Empire involved behind his back. Uh, the boss is back. And I think um, we're going to see Andor work with. Um, oh, God. Why? Uh, Luthen um, doing something. I- I'll call it an odd job. I don't think it's going to have anything to do much with with Cassian at all. I think it's just going to be one of those like filler like, hey, you're going to work with me. See how you do. So this is basically this is a little training mission. Training mission. Empire's getting involved because Karn's going behind the boss's back because the boss was very upset with him and what he did. All right, so we'll put that on the horn. And next week, Nick, we're going to have a guest. We're not going to reveal who it is yet, but we're going to bring a lot of guests on throughout the season. Because we have so many episodes. Let's hear some, from, hear some new voices on the podcast. That's right. A special guest whose, remain, whose name remains anonymous. And we're very excited. This will be his first appearance on the, po- on the podcast. That is all we will, we will say. Yeah, we have some. We have a lot of guests we're working on for this show. Some like no way who's been on Sky Guys before, but some people who have done Star Wars before on this podcast will will pop up. Also, people who are brand new to the uh, podcast game here, so we'll get a nice mix. Pete, we're going to get some new voice in the mix and get some options of who we want to talk to when Mandalorian comes around. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to to get more people on the feed here. So, um, everyone out there, let, we'll plug it again. Make sure you subscribe because we're going to have some really cool guests. Yeah, and you can reach always reach out. On the Instagram, if you want to come on an episode and you could send over your resume or something like that. 
Yep. We'll I be. think of these episodes like Andor and like you know, not that we'll have a guest for Tales of the Jedi, but if we did, like a but then like Bad Batch again, not that we not that we would, but if we did, that's like the interview. And like if you get the job, you get to come with us on Mandalorian. Yeah, Mandalorian is the big leagues. Yeah. Ahsoka, I feel like is the elite is like the uh, Premier League in terms of like you gotta really be know your stuff if you're gonna be on Ahsoka. True. Because it's, 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 Ahsoka basically is Rebels Rebels Five, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And with that, we're gonna much, wrap. Yeah. Sorry, Pete. No, I was saying pretty much confirmed it's Rebels Five. Yeah. The only question left, Nick, who is Zeb? Who's gonna play Zeb on this show? I don't know. Who didn't play Thrawn too? Don't tell us. Don't tell us. Like, if we see, if I tell you I see Doug Jones cast in the show, that's gonna be your Zeb because he always plays the weird alien guys and all these other projects. Definitely. All right, with that, I want to wrap up the show for the week. So I want to thank you guys for having on. I always really appreciate it. People want to follow social media. I can do that. At PJ Considori 29 uh, on Twitter. That's good. Hockey season's around the corner. Obviously, tweeting this stuff out, tweeting anything that has to do with new shows and stuff. So um, make sure you follow me there and also make sure you follow the Sky Guys on all social media platforms. All right, Nick, how about you? How can you follow your social media? Uh, at Nick Fry underscore nine or at Sky Guys Podcast Instagram. And you're more likely to find some good content at, at Sky Guys Podcast Instagram. We're going to have some things boiling up in the lab. That door right there leads to the lab. Yep. That door does lead to the lab. You also follow me on Twitter, mphilips331. That's mphilips331. There's you go over on the Justin and the Suffering Podcast. We did some Yankee talk here. And Nick was actually on the podcast week doing week three picks. So Nick is only double duty this week. That's right. We had, we went head to head on two of them. So we will talk on Sunday about those games when they're happening. Yeah. Next week, we report back to you guys who end up doing better on those head to head games. Nick and I, yeah, we will see. All right. That's all for this week until, until then may the force be with you. <laughs>